Well, who knows what tonight is? Colour night 2.0, because obviously last year we had colour night, but this year we got a reversal. Is that cool? But this is a message, so this is, if we're ready to take notes, we're starting right now. Can everyone say lit? Lit. So in other, or the other title could be is Bay Ain't Bay Unless Bay Lit. So <laughs> can everyone say that? Bay Ain't Bay Unless Bay Lit. And so, or long, or we could talk about long-term lit. So we're talking about lit and bay ain't bay unless bay lit. So who is scared, or, or who is, um, believes the dark is scary? Who knows what I'm talking about? Being at night in the dark is scary. Who, uh, who believes that, um, that the darkness can make us run? For, for example, you might say, if you're going to the shed, if you're going just to the toilet at night in the darkness, it makes you run. In the daylight, it's fine. You can walk there in peace. But as soon as it's dark, it gives you the passion to run. Who knows what I'm talking about? When, when normally you'll just walk fine, but when there's darkness, you go, I've got to run, I've got to get there. Because um, and it, it's, so, it's so interesting for me. We can be in the same place during the daylight, but as soon as it's dark, you have to run. And so why do we, I don't know why, but in the darkness, there's an unknown. We have a, a natural fear that the worst can happen. So we have to run because we're afraid of the unknown. Is that correct? We agree with that. We're afraid of the unknown. And so, uh, and then we, you start to see things. You'd be like, what's that there? And you're like, it's like a tree blowing. And you think it's like a car coming at you or something. Like, you, 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 the imaginations all go crazy. But I think it's interesting how the darkness can make you run when in the light, it doesn't even bother you at all. And so, but we're going to go to Genesis 1-3. Here we go. Ready to read it with me? God said, let there be light. And it was lit. Fires emojis. Oh, not really. God said, uh, go back again, sorry, Aaron. Yeah, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. Is it all cool if we just pray right now? We'll do that. God, we just thank you for tonight. We just thank you that you're going to speak to us about light. You're going to speak to us today that we can leave this place better, that we can be lit. And everyone said... Amen. And so God said, let there be light, and it was lit. Um, and he separated the light from the darkness. And so in the beginning, God separated the light from the darkness. We saw that there, yeah? Can everyone say that? Yes? Yes, God separated the light from the darkness. And it's, God says the light was good. Say good. The light was good. And so in the beginning, God separated what was good from what was not good, obviously. Does that make sense? Light was good. And he separated what the good light is from the darkness, which was obviously not good. Yeah? So God separates what is good from what is not good. What is not good? Carmel can testimony to this. Lumpy mashed potato. That is not good. Who agrees with me? Who's had lumpy gravy? That is not good. Who's had uh, been at the to- uh, your friend's house and you go to the toilet and they have run out of toilet paper? That is not good. Agree? Another one is um, missing youth. That is not good. Other not goods are when you um, uh, when you when you you see something that's worth which is valuable, and a brother or a mother or a dad or something could say to you, "Look with your eyes and not your hands." Then you touch it and it breaks. That is not good. Yeah, that is not good. And last one here, um, when you you have a fresh new top, so it might be. It always happens with me with white tops, or you have a brand new pair of shoes or something like that, and it, either with the top or it's just been freshly cleaned, and you get it dirty straight away, and you're like, you might spill your, your drink on it or something, or like some gravy on it or, or some sauce, and you're like, spewing, 
my nice white top. Like, for example, at church, often for me, I'd get communion, and I don't know how you can spill a little bit of juice, but I'd drink my communion on my white top. Every time I wear a white top to church and have communion, guaranteed to spill it all on me. Guaranteed. Uh, other things, when you get new shoes, and especially like leather-type ones, and you scuff them, and I'm like, oh, it'd be so cringy because it's not good, yeah? So we know what, what is not good. And, but God separated what was good from what was not good. So God separated what was good from what was bad, yeah? God separated what was good from what was evil, and God separated what was good from sin. That he did that. He didn't just separate the light from the darkness. He separated what was good from what was not good in that moment. And so who remembers when Sean spoke a few weeks ago about being hot or cold, yeah? And so there's a difference between good and bad, and just like Sean was talking about, you've got to be hot, not cold, or you've got to be either extreme, you can't be in the middle. And so we've got to have a yes and no in our life, and we've got to have a black and a white. There's no middle. We've got to be extreme. There's good or bad, and we've got to be good, yeah? We've got to be light. And so another one is there's heaven or hell. There's no middle. There's no oh, in between. No, it's either heaven or hell. And so we, there's an extreme there, which we've got to go, no, we want heaven, yeah? And so who knows what a light is? A light is this, the agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. So without light, you can't see things. You would agree, just like at night, you're freaked out and you're scared because you can't see anything. Light comes and it makes things visible that were invisible. Yeah? We agree with that, yes. And so uh, without light, we can't see and that's not good. We want to be able to see when we have vision, so we need light. We're going to go to the next part of the Bible. So Matthew 25, 1 to 13. And I'm going to read it from here. Can everyone see it? We're ready to repeat words after me. The kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids. Who knows what a bridesmaid is? How many do you have, Mariah? Mariah's having four, and this is 10. So that's crazy. Um, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom? Who knows what a lamp is? It's like a little torch kind of thing. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. That was like the fuel to keep the fire going. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were aroused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out. Next one. All the bridesmaids got up and, oh no, and met him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your olive oil. Um, our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in uh, to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later then, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. And so I think that is quite a scary bit of Bible verse. But basically, that we are like the bride of Christ. That's what the church is. That's what one youth is. We're the bride of Christ. And Jesus will come back to earth one day. It could be in 30 seconds. It could be in 10 years. We don't know, but he's coming back soon. And we got to, at the end of the day, go, you know what? Are we going to be ready for his return or are we going to get locked out because we, we were running out of flame? Yeah? And so, but we're going to read Ephesians 5, 15 to 18, and that will go back on the screen behind me and that will just clarify some of those things that we've just read. So be careful how you live. Say that, live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Say, what's your do? 
bump the person next to you and tell them what you'll do. So we've got to uh, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, say instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so basically what we saw with that parable that Jesus told about those bridesmaids is that everyone is responsible for their own spiritual condition. We can't rely on our sister. We can't rely on our mother, our father. We've got to have the connection to God for ourselves. We can't rely around on the people around us, our best friend. We've got to have the connection to God for ourselves, with Jesus for ourselves, and not be going, oh, I need your faith. I need your faith. No, we need the faith for ourselves. Is that, can people agree with that? And so, for example, who's got a mobile phone here, an iPhone? Yep. And so, you know when you're going somewhere and you're running out of charge and you want to borrow someone's charger? You've got to have your own charge. You've got to have your own fully charged phone. Because you can't always, if someone else is plugging in, you can't be plugging in as well. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who shares charges and phones and stuff? You've got to be a person who goes, you know what, no, I'm going to be charging in my phone for myself because I can't afford to do that with the people around me. Because you can't, you've got to have your own connection to the charger for your phone. And we've got to have our same own connection to God. But then back to the start, in the beginning, God separated light from the darkness. And so talking about Sean's message before about the hot or cold, we need to be extreme with our relationship with Jesus um, we've got to be all in. Those who are wise make the most of every opportunity because they understand what the Lord wants them to do. And so if we're the wise bridesmaid, we will do that. And so the olive oil was the fuel for the lamps, yeah? That's what kept the, the flame going. And the Holy Spirit fuels the light in our lives. We will agree with that. We need light in our lives. The Holy Spirit does that within us. The fools had light, but it died and Jesus came before they relit. And it was too late. And so... The wise were lit and long-term lit. And so we've got to be people that go, you know what, we're going to be lit. We're going to have our lamp going full on. And we're going to have enough fuel connection to Jesus that it doesn't matter what happens, we're always going to be firing rather than the fool that goes, because they were, they were firing, they were for Jesus, but they let it slip somewhere along the lines. They weren't prepared enough so that when Jesus came, so we can go, oh, I believe in God. But when Jesus comes, just believing in God is not going to get us to heaven. We've got to be firing and lit and go, you know what, no, no, we're a flame for God. And it's the truth. And we've got to go, you know what, how can we be lit forever? So Psalms 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so uh, a, a sign that we are lit is regularly in the word of God. You've got to fall in love with the Bible. You've got to fall, make that a daily commitment when you're in the Bible because that is a light. Just like those bridesmaids had that light, that, that lamp that obviously showed them where to go. It says that the word of God is a guide to my feet and a light to my path. And we've got to go, when we're connected to that thing, we will be lit because that will light us up. Um, so when Jesus speaks in the Bible, the letters go to red. Who's seen that in the Bible? When Jesus speaks, the letters are red. And, things, and often you'll read when Jesus talks, things change. Literally, dead people rise again. Um, blind eyes are seen. When Jesus speaks, things change, and there's, I call them color moments. Because just like the, literally the Bible goes from black and white to red, it goes to color. When Jesus speaks into people's lives, their life goes from boring to revolutionized with color. And he can do the same thing in our lives. Who agrees with that? And, Jesus want, and I can say Jesus wants to bring color into your life, but that doesn't happen if you're not plugged in. It won't happen if you're not letting him speak to you, yeah? And so then light, as we talked about before, is an agent that stimulates, stimulates sight and makes things visible. Without light, we can't see. More than, uh, than that, light makes color visible. If we don't have light, people don't see Jesus' color moments. So if we're not shining with light of the heaven, 
People aren't going to have those color moments in their life where they see, wow, Jesus moved in my life. Wow, Jesus moved in Leanna's life. Wow, Jesus moved in Alana's life. And we've got to go, you know what, God? We want to have such light in our lives where, where we are, you're going to speak to people around us because things that weren't visible are visible and a miracle can happen, just like it did with Jesus. Now, 2 Corinthians 11.14 says this, Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Ooh, that's, that's creepy stuff. Even the devil can seem like he's good and like Jesus, but he's not. He's not good. And so, um, for example, who knows who Pastor David Heliard is? He was a past ACC state president, so that's our movement of churches we're in. And he used to say this quote, so in church circles and stuff, we are very, very, uh, uh, what would be the word, uh, cautious on the safety of young people and them not being abused in any sort of way. And so Pastor, and so we've got to be very, we've got to do a lot of forms and stuff and make sure people have the right checks. So people that are youth leaders, people that are kids' church leaders, anywhere involved in church, that we make sure they are, are responsible, safe people, that no one's at risk of being abused or whatever evil thing could happen to that person. And he used to say this, a pedophile don't come into your church hunchback and weird. So people might think, oh, you'll know who a child abuser is because they'll be like, or like, hunched back. But he goes, no, they're not. The, the people that are going to do something problem, they're the, the bloke that looks happy or the woman that looks all cheerful and, oh, they're such a nice person. And the nice person's the one that does the evil acts. And so we've got to know, and it's similar to like the devil, he disguises himself as an angel of light. And so he might say something, oh, they look so happy. But when you really know the deeper meaning, when you do the checks, you go, wow, that is, dis- that is disturbing. That is really evil. But then, so with that, um, what, what is evil can seem good, and Satan ain't dumb, and he's crafty with that. And he will make what was dark appear good. He will make the thing that's so evil and yuck go, that, that seems legit. And so, and even, for example, with the Bible, Satan tames Jesus with the Bible. The Bible's good, the Bible's light, but Satan mistwists that to make another story to try and test Jesus. And so, just like he made what is good in the Bible, the devil will use that against us. And so uh, the foolish girls were lit, but they didn't have enough fuel. And so what was good didn't last. And so we've got to go, we've got to go, God, help us be people that don't let what was bad become not, uh, uh, become good in our lives because that is not good and we will then lose our flame. Make sense? But then uh, John eight twelve says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so we don't have to live in fear of Satan's fake light because Jesus is the true light. And when we're pursuing him, when we're chasing him, we will know when the fake deceiving spirit is. And we'll go, you know what, Jesus, that's a light that we're going to follow and we're going to continue to be lit. So basically, we just got to follow Jesus and he is the legit real deal and not a fake. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who knows, like you see... uh, like fake fidget spinners and they don't work properly or whatever the fake thing could be. But when the legit thing is legit, you'll know the difference between it. And just like the the attacks from Satan to the the promises of Jesus, we will know which one's legit and which one's a fake, yeah? So, but then, and then uh, our church's church's mission is in Matthew 5, 14, 16, and it says this, You are the light of the world, uh, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. 
Now, I think that's so cool. Then Philippians 2.15 says this, Live as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Now, Pastor Paul Newsham, he was the state president after David Helliard, and he has this quote here, Everyone has right to the light. Say, right to the light. Everyone has a right to the light. Every person in our community, in our world, has a right to know what Jesus says and have that, that lit experience in our lives. And it says there, so first of all, we saw that Jesus is the light. Then it says that was in John. Then in Matthew, it says that we are the light. And then in Philippians, it says we've got to shine bright. And so Jesus is the light. We've got to be the light and shine bright in the community because, and that's what being lit is. We've got to go, you know what? No, we are lit, and we're going to shine bright so that everyone will praise God, yeah? And so, um, uh, and so despite the bad, despite the evil, despite the sin, at the beginning, God separated the light from the darkness, and the light was good, and God has separated us. Can you tell the person next to you, you have been separated. You have been separated so that God can be lit in your life, and you can shine, yeah? Yes. And so... Uh, despite the bad, despite the evil, despite the sin, Jesus has separated you, Mariah. Jesus has separated you, Sean. Jesus has separated you, Liana, Claire, and everyone else in this building. God has separated you so that you can be the light. And light is an agent that stimulates sight, that makes things visible, so you can bring color moments into the world. God has separated you to do that. God has separated each one of us to go, you know what? I can step out to this place and go, I'm going to have a light in my life. I'm going to be lit in a way that there's going to be a miracle come to someone's life. There's going to be a color moment where Jesus speaks and something changes. And we've got to start believing in our lives. We're going, you know what? We can see the blind person see. We can see the person that doesn't have a job see. We can see people with relationship problems freed because we've got a light in us that Jesus is going to move. And so who, who's cool with that? So that's really good. So I'm done. I'm going to quickly pray and then we're going to go into some small groups and we're going to discuss some things about that message.